0: i got a question for you this morning. Have you ever done anything that was disobedient? Have you ever cheated and gotten away with it? All right, don't have to raise hands. But I'm going to raise my hand and just start with the story. So when I was um, in fifth grade, now I was homeschooled growing up, lots of siblings. When I was in fifth grade, um, mom was at a point where she had... Oh, let me think. I think she would have had all ten kids by then, probably eight or nine of us living in the house. She was homeschooling a lot of kids. And word, word of advice to um, homeschool mothers out there, this is just a good reminder as you've started the school year, check your kids' work every once in a while. Um, I know you ask them, hey, have you done that work? And They, they say yes every time. It's amazing. I just encourage you, check the work. So beginning of fifth grade year, um, I had this uh, school program that was on a computer, and I would go on there, and and this was my science class in fifth grade. Important year for science. Uh, And you're going to understand why I'm a pastor and not a scientist after this. (laughs) I started the first few lessons the first week, and I said, Oh, boy, this is tough. I mean, this is a tough class. And so instead of leaning in and getting the help that I needed, Um, I, uh, got mom's administrator password to the same program, logged in and, uh, each day I could go in there and enter my grade (laughs) for the class. So, um, I didn't do this for too long. It was only about six months (laughs) that I skipped fifth grade science. And mom would ask me, you know, every Friday or every couple of weeks, hey, how's, how's your classes? Where are your grades at, right? Because, you know, I, I've earned her trust at this point. And, uh, and I would say, you know, mom, I got a 93. I'm doing pretty good. Even sometimes, this is horrible. I, I can't, I'm so sad that I have to admit this. But um, even sometimes, I would be like, ah, mom, I got an 82 on a quiz. Like, it was a close one. I still got a B. I mean, I was just lying over and over and over again. And once we got to about February in the school year, my conscience had gotten to me in an unbelievable way. The Holy Spirit inside of me saying, this is not right. This is not right. Every time I would tell her what my grade was, I could hear the voice, this is not right. And I suppressed it and suppressed it and suppressed it. And finally, um, February of the school year, I just broke down So I went to dad. (laughs) And I remember dad was in his prayer room one day, and I knocked on the door, and I was shaking, and my quivering lip, and I went in there and just confessed it all. I've skipped science for half the year. And uh, hard day, hard to do that. But man, when those words got out of my mouth, the liberty that I felt, just the freedom, that was in my soul to know that I had I had confessed. I had made right my disobedience. And there was still some work to do. Um, I did two or three science lessons a day for the rest of the year, and I retained none of it, proud to say. And so I'm not your guy for science, but uh, I did cheat. I did get away with it, and I confessed. And man, there was freedom in it. So I just want to start with that story, and we'll we'll get back to that a little bit. But I want to to tell you a Bible story this morning, a Bible story or two, that I just found fascinating this week. So if you want to, um, I don't have any PowerPoint today, but I would encourage you, pick up your Bible, or or if you have a phone, put that thing on Do Not Disturb, and pull up Luke chapter 18, and follow along with me. So in Luke chapter 18, um, we see uh, this fascinating story, starting in verse 18, about a guy that came to Jesus. And this guy is commonly known as the rich young ruler. So in the context of this story, Jesus was approaching the end of his ministry, and he was on his way to Jerusalem, and he was passing through Galilee, Samaria, Jericho, on his way to Jerusalem, where he would be the perfect sacrifice for you and I on the cross. Um, so he's kind of on his, that traveling journey that, that took some time to get there. So Jesus is approaching the end of his ministry, Luke 18, and we see this scene. Verse 18, I'm going to begin. A ruler questioned him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 19, Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Jesus went on and said, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. He goes through some of the Ten Commandments that this guy would know. And the guy said, all these things I have kept from my youth. I followed all these commandments. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all you possess and distribute it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. And Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But those who heard said, Then how can anyone be saved? And Jesus said to them, The things that are impossible with people are possible with God. So we see this story where this man, he'd been following the commandments. He really had. And and I believe, this is is Matt Cherry's version. This doesn't say this in here. I want to be clear. I believe the man probably had a feeling inside of him that said, you know, I'm following the commandments. Everything I was taught from my youth, something's missing. I don't have peace inside of me about my standing with God. Something's missing. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit the eternal life? Because I'm doing all these things and I still don't feel like I've got it. The, the fascinating thing is, is that Jesus was able to speak directly to what Jesus could see was the inhibitor of the righteousness between he and God. And for this man, it was his wealth. Uh, it says right here, he was extremely rich. And, and I would say that implies he loved his wealth. And so um, that day, that man had this realization, hey, I'm not right with God. I've got to have something more. He goes right to the source, Jesus. He's at the right place. And he says, Jesus, what do I have to do? I I know I'm missing something. And Jesus clearly saw, pointed it out. It's your wealth. You love money more than you love me. And that day, that man went, went away sad, because he was very, very wealthy, Jesus goes on to say, you know, um, uh, it's impossible with man, but it's possible for God, for a, for a wealthy man to come to know, to know the Lord and to be uh, to receive salvation. Now we've we've heard this in the in the church many many times, um, this scripture around really whether a Christian should be wealthy or not, and I do think there are some good lessons in here us on that topic about loving money more than loving Jesus. And that's really not my topic today. And and I think that sometimes when we just focus on that, we can miss Jesus' central point here. And and I think his point is is really where he landed when he said, what's impossible for man is possible for God. Uh, You'll see then in the next few verses, Peter says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus says, truly I say to you, uh, there's no one who has left his house, no one who's left everything for the sake of the kingdom, and won't receive as many times as much in the age to come in eternal life. So Jesus really affirms Peter's question when he says, Jesus, I've left anything. Is it possible for me? And Jesus is saying, for those who did leave everything, they're going to receive an equal and greater reward. Now, that, that verse to me, that that story has been a little discouraging, to be honest, because I, I've seen in the past where I've had things come up in my heart, um, and I'm like, Lord, I know this is between me and you. I, I know this is a barrier, and I'm discouraged because I can't seem to push through. I can't seem to push through this thing between me and you. For this man, it was his wealth. He just loved it more than Jesus, but then I go on, and I go to Luke chapter 19, and, and I've got to be honest. I have never correlated these two stories in my life. I'm sure someone's tried to teach it to me along the way. I've never correlated it. But if you go on, and let's, let's go on by, there's a story there, a, a minor story where Jesus <laughs> heals blind Barnabas. <laughs> We're going to go on past that to the next chapter and see what happens next on Jesus' journey. And, and I think there's going to be great encouragement for us here. For those of us who have encountered something and said, "Ah, Lord, I want you. I see my need, but I can't seem to obey and overcome that. Just like for that man, it was his wealth. So Luke 19, verse 1 to 10. uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, again on his way to Jerusalem. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. Can everybody say Zacchaeus? And some of you have heard about Zacchaeus before. If you haven't, that's OK. Some of us sing this song growing up. Uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And he climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. we're going to leave it there. That's enough singing. So Zacchaeus was this man who was a tax collector. And what a tax collector was in this time, he wasn't just an IRS agent, but he was commissioned to collect taxes, and he had the freedom from the government. They weren't going to inhibit on him for going in, and when he took taxes, to take a little more. Now, I have some comments about that of our day and age, but I'm going to hold those to myself this morning. But they, had the, they really had the liberty to go do it. So they were hated, because they could come to you, and they could say, Mark, here's your tax, and here's a little extra for me. Right? That's the way that they practiced. And, and, and the Jews, they had to obey and give that. So he was a hated man. And the Bible says, just like the song says, he was a wee little man. The Bible says um, in verse 3, Zacchaeus was trying to see Jesus, trying to see who, he, see who he was. But he was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. So this short guy, he's in this big crowd. He's trying to see this guy that's causing this big scene. And, and I imagine, it doesn't say this here, I imagine Jesus was teaching this crowd because something happened here with Zacchaeus where he got something. He had heard something that, that caught his ear. And so he climbed up in a tree just to be able to see him, just to see what's the ruckus all about so he could see over the crowd. And imagine this, in a crowd, Jesus came to the place, he looked up, he saw this guy up in the tree, I imagine Jesus knew right away who this guy was. I bet he knew he was a tax collector because Jesus, he, he can see that through the Holy Spirit. And he, he spoke to him, called out his name, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Now imagine you're in a crowd, a crowd of people listening to a teacher. Let's say you were at the Eli Young Band concert um, Thursday night, I think it was, in Marshall let's say someone from the crowd yelled out, Deb, come up here. Tonight I'm going to stay at your house. How remarkable. From a crowd, Jesus calls him out. Um, how did he know his name? It's, it's a remarkable question. But Zacchaeus hurried down. Um, he came down from the tree and he received him gladly, it says. And when the people saw it, they all began to grumble saying, he's gone to, to be a, a guest at the house Of a man who's a sinner. Like, why is Jesus going to stay with a tax collector? Doesn't he know who this guy is? And and somewhere along the way, I, I think in the way that I read this, on his way to his house, something clicked for Zacchaeus. I don't know if Jesus told him. I don't know if it was a prompting in his heart. But it doesn't matter. Something clicked for Zacchaeus, just like it did for that wealthy young man. That young ruler. Something clicked... And he he realized, I believe, that that there was something between him and righteousness. It wasn't the law in this moment. It wasn't the law. He needed it, but it wasn't the law. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I'll give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, and by the way, he had. He was a tax collector. I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said a remarkable phrase in verse 9 that will change our lives if we understand it. After saying it's harder for a rich man to to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle in the last chapter, Jesus says in seeing that act of obedience, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Man, I love that. Jesus sees the radical obedience of Zacchaeus. And Jesus' response, today salvation has come to this house. Isn't that incredible? Two, two stories that have such great similarity. Both men are rich. Both men love their money. Both men knew that there was something more than what they had. They recognized there's got to be something more in this Jesus. And they didn't have peace there. Something was bothering them. Both of them encountered Jesus. Both realized their sin. For the rich young ruler, Jesus spoke to it directly. Give what you got to the poor. That's what's between me and you. For Zacchaeus, I don't know how it happened, but somehow he realized and he said, remarkably, you notice this is an interesting fact in looking at this. He said, half of what I have, I'm going to give to the poor. Less than what Jesus called for from the rich young ruler. Little side point. You know, Jesus doesn't um, call for the same thing from me that he might from you. And different things, different areas of life. The Lord knows those things, those hidden things that we're holding back from him. He's going to come and knock on the door and say, "Hey, I want some of that." For Zacchaeus, half and four times as much as he had get, had taken was enough. Jesus said salvation. For the other man, Jesus said, "Give all you have." Interesting. That's a theological conversation probably for another day. But both men realize their sin, and somewhere in them they realize my wealth and the way that I look at money. It's keeping me from God. Now, this sermon, let me just tell you, it's not about money. It's just the examples that are here. This is not a, not a sermon about money. So some of you guys can breathe easy. Getting quiet in here. Um, there, there is a phrase that I have heard Bill Johnson say. And, and I know there are many different thoughts about Bill Johnson and his ministry. But this specific phrase has just been remarkable to me. He said, he's, I've heard him say one of the rarest things in the church. I mean, when you go in any church, one of the rarest things you'll see is something that should be the most common in church. And what is that? A clean conscience. People made right before God peace about who we are, where we are. Now, there are some wonderful clean consciences here in this place today. But for some of us, we just don't have a peace between us and God. We're wrestling through some things. And, and when the rich young ruler encountered the, the depths of his conscience, and he saw, hey, my wealth is inhibiting me from reaching Jesus, he went away sad. Think about that. He had Jesus in front of him. I, I've heard it said many times from many people that, hey, if I could just see Jesus, this would be a lot easier If I could just see him face to face, if I could know what he looked like, hear his voice in front of me, it'd be a lot easier. Guess what? For the rich young ruler, it wasn't. It wasn't easier. He still went away sad. He encountered Jesus. He knew exactly what to do. But he couldn't do it. He he loved something more than Jesus. But Zacchaeus, that going away sad thing, let me tell you what. Zach didn't know anything about that. Zacchaeus knew nothing about going away sad. Why? Because when he had the prompting from the Lord that there was something that the Lord wanted that he had, something he had to give up, something he loved greater than Jesus, he willingly gave. Jesus, I'll give half of all I have. I'll repay four times as much the people that I've wronged. I just want to have the peace with you. And let me tell you, on, on those two different occasions, one man went away with a conscience that wasn't clean, and another one went away with a great peace that surpasses all understanding of knowing I am right with my Savior. Zacchaeus encountered something far greater than the joys of his wealth. He had a clean conscience, purified, washed full of peace in that moment he wasn't worried about the money he didn't care about what he was sacrificing for the sake of jesus he had gained something far greater now with our with our vow renewal you may be surprised by this but i'm getting i'm getting close to being done (laughs) i'm actually going to ask the worship team to come on up and play and and i want to i want to bring a couple of thoughts to you guys just in, in reflection from this story and one of them is recent for me. Um, Casey mentioned this morning that we had a podcast episode that we published this week on integrity. And Mindy had this idea for this episode. Um, and I, on the day that we had this podcast, um, I was like, man, integrity. You know, I've got some thoughts about that. But I don't know that I've got what I would need to really speak clearly on this. So what did I do? And you guys may be surprised that your young pastor would do this and do this on the day that he's supposed to speak about it. Um, I went on YouTube, and I found this sermon by Craig Groeschel. And, uh, man, I watched this thing, and I was looking for, you know, some good information on integrity. And and the Lord had something more for me when I watched this sermon. And I know that sounds so little, but I, I say so to say that he can do this for you. You don't need to be a pastor to find yourself in a place where the Lord's going to give you something and and he's going to work on your heart. And as I listened to this, oh, he did a work on me. And as I went in to record that podcast with Mindy and Glenn, I just could not find peace. I, I told them I feel so unworthy to be here right now because of what the Lord is convicting me of today. And uh, in, in the podcast, you'll hear this. And I'm not trying to promote it, but I do encourage you to listen to it. Um, there's a question that, that Craig asks, and I just can't get it out of my mind the last few weeks. What is your integrity worth to you? And, and that was the question for me that just pierced me. And, and I've always thought, hey, I'm a man of great integrity. But, but as I went in that day and that afternoon and the next week and next two weeks... The Lord spoke some things that are really small to my heart. Just things that that I push aside usually, and I'm like, you know, this is is just a little thing. Everyone does this. Not a big deal. Um, And and I'm not sharing this to say this is for everyone, of everyone, you know, if you don't go do this, you've got it all wrong. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to be the Holy Spirit today, um, because you'll find out when I share what I share, why I say that. Um, (laughs) But... There were just some things, just like when Jesus asked for everything from the rich young ruler, but Zacchaeus gave half and it was enough. There was something that I just felt the Lord was calling me higher in. And for me, as silly as this is, uh, the next week I was over at my in-laws watching the Vikings game on Thursday night. And um, the kids were getting tired, so I went home. And like many of us, and I've, I've done this for years, um, I, I got home and I know that in my TV I'm logged in to Brian and Mindy's Amazon Prime to watch that game. And it's, when I picked up that remote, there, there was just this voice inside of me. Did you pay for that? That was the thing for me. I'm not saying that's for everyone here, right? We can have that other conversation, but for me it was, did you pay for that? I could not shake it. I could not shake that voice that was speaking that. And, and so in that moment, I had this reckoning. Am I going to obey? And, and in my mind, I'm saying, you know, I've done this for so long. I haven't felt guilty about this. I, nothing's been wrong in this, right? Everyone does this. But that, that voice wouldn't leave <laughs> from my negotiations. And I just couldn't shake it. And, and in that moment, I had, I had this encounter that I, in a small, small sense of what the rich young ruler encountered in Zacchaeus, something was there between me. The voice of the Lord was saying something to my heart. It was quiet, but I heard it, and I couldn't deny that I heard it. And in that moment, I could decide, obedience and look different, be silly, go make my own login, or I could just keep going. And, and I, I realized, in a sense, without having this language, if I pushed past that voice, I was gonna go away sad, just like the rich young ruler. I I would enjoy the game, but something in me wouldn't have peace. Something in me watching that game, I just couldn't have peace. So, what difference was it? Fifteen bucks, got Prime, watch the game. Matter of fact, there's a free trial. Thirty days free, watch the game for free. But man, obedience to the Lord, that's just a small example. And and I'm not extra holy because of that. (laughs) Obedience to the Lord, it looks different. That's the title of my sermon today. Obedience will look different. And the Lord will speak things to us that will call us a little higher, just like the song we sing. It'll get us a little closer. It'll get us a little deeper. And when we say, Lord, pull me a little closer, take me a little deeper, how does he do it? Did you pay for that? That's how he does it. He convicts our heart. Now, James 4, 17 has always been a fascinating verse to me. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Let me tell you guys today, it's worth it to be made right with God. So my question today is, what do you have between you and God? What do you have between you and God? You know, I've just felt the Spirit, even as we worshiped this morning, the Spirit was in this place, moving. He always is. Sometimes we see Him, sometimes we don't. But I I just want to offer an opportunity this morning that, that maybe the Lord is calling your name like He did to Zacchaeus in this room, calling you out from the crowd. I'm open to that. That that he would be calling out someone's name this morning and saying, Zacchaeus, or insert your name, I want to come to your house. And when Jesus comes to our house, my dad always said this, I loved it. Sometimes we welcome it in, Jesus, come on into my house. Just don't go over in that one room. That one's mine. That's my private room. Jesus will come in, but guess what? Eventually, gonna knock on that door can i come in that room yet i'm like this live i'm gonna embarrass us i'm sorry please don't come over and go to our basement right now it is a disaster it's a mess i'm sorry live it's my fault it's a mess some of us have got rooms that are messes and you know what some of us have houses that are messes in revelation 320 uh it says behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. So I think there's a there could be a couple groups here today. One, there are people who you haven't welcomed Jesus into your house and maybe today he's calling your name like Zacchaeus. And and you can go away sad or you can say, Lord, come to my house. Here's what I got. Zacchaeus said, I've got this wealth and it it wasn't mine. I took some of it. I'll give it back. The Lord wants to come into our house. But the obedience of that, of letting him in, man, we're going to look different. His people are going to look different. So, so that's one group, one, one invitation really. Man, if you don't know, Jesus died on a cross to heal the gap between you and God, to cleanse and wash the sin. I want to invite you today there is a better life on the other side it's not going to be a better life like you thought it was but man righteousness with god the free gift of salvation being right with him for eternity it's going to be worth it but it's going to look a little different and maybe the lord's knocking on your heart and saying hey can i come in can i come in so that's one group man if if that's you today I would love to chat with you after service. Please don't ignore ignore the voice. He wants to come in, and I would love to help you. Uh, Another group, though, that that may include more of us here today, maybe you've surrendered to Jesus, but you're like me. There's more work he wants to do in you today, and your conscience isn't clean. Maybe there's something right now the Lord could be speaking to you. Maybe it's about a reconciliation. I heard this week an incredible story from a man here in the church Um, who was reconciled to someone after years where there just wasn't peace. He's a believer. But but after years, the Lord did a work and spoke to his heart and said, hey, you remember that person? There's a little more work I want to do. And there was reconciliation. Maybe you've wronged someone and they don't know it. Maybe you've wronged yourself, just like I did when I skipped science. Still paying the price for that. Maybe there's something, though, that the Lord is knocking on a door, another door of your house, saying, can I come in here? And we can go away sad. Or we can just give freely and say, Lord, this is yours. I'll obey. I'm all right with looking a little different. Zacchaeus looked a little different that day. So I just want to close in a song and just have a little opportunity for a response in our heart. Um, in Psalm 139, David said, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any hurtful way in me. Some verses say, any wicked way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. I just want that to be our prayer today. Can we all stand together? If you'd like, I just invite you to pray that prayer with me as we sing. Lord, search me. Know me. If there's any wicked wicked way in me, Lord, would you show me? Some of you, you already know what it is. Others of us not, but... The beauty, you know, I preached recently on sanctification and justification. The beauty is many of us have been justified, but it's all right. There's a little more sanctification to do. There are some more doors to open. So, Lord, I just pray today. Search me, God. Know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, as we sing and then close, Father, I just ask that your people could be a people that both look different but have eternal depth of peace peace that passes all understanding filling our heart knowing that we've got a clean conscience before you that we're made right with you thank you lord we worship you today
1: soon.
2: Smile. my
0: so much for what you're doing in this place. Just looking at the clock. Can we do one more thing? Um, I just This just came to my mind. Tammy, would you come up here? Yeah, that'd be great. So, um, a month and a half ago or so, someone that I know um, came to me and said, this is a person that uh, that has dreams often from the Lord. And I've just seen some incredible testimonies from uh, these dreams and what they've seen. And this person said, I believe Tammy has a word. And uh, I, I just had a dream that Tammy had a word for the church. And me, the obedient guy I am, six weeks later, <laughs> approached Tammy and said, Tammy, um, I, I heard about this dream someone had. And uh, I, I I do trust this person. I've, I've heard some just incredible testimonies from dreams they've had. Um, do you have a word? And she said yes. And so I was just thinking, staying here this morning, I, I'd love for you to share it. Like
3: busted by I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> obedience on my part. Because I did get this word a couple months ago. Um, but I would didn't know what to do with it because this old Lutheran still doesn't know this Holy Spirit business. So um, the word was, I felt something for the congregation and just kind of a pat on the back thing. And so I thought, well, it's no big deal. and I'll wait. And um, as I was approached I was sitting outside, way down low in a chair, and this big shadow is in front of me, asking me if I had something to share. So, yeah, I do. Um, I'm going to share. I had. When you get old, you got to write stuff down, or you don't remember it. So, uh, God's words are so much better than mine. I had written it down, and then I learned a little more from it. And here's what it was: Your worship rises to me like sweet incense your praise like angel choirs your thankful hearts bring me great joy you are my light stand firm and I thought that this was for this group and it is but then I also realized there's individuals out here and I know you're like me There are just some days you don't feel like praising. Some of you may have been praying for a long time for something that hasn't happened. Some of you are dealing with crisis in your relationships, in your finances. Some of you have um, struggled with illness, addictions. Some of you have lost dear ones in the last year or so that the pain is deep and there are days you don't feel like praising so um, I thought about a few examples in the Bible remember when David was running for his life and hiding in caves in Psalm 42 he's, he's saying um, why have you forgotten me it hurts down to the bone he says in, in uh, Psalm 42 and then there's Hab- Habakkuk in chapter 3 verse 18 where he says the fig tree doesn't bud Uh, there's no grapes on the vine the olive crop is failing and then we all are familiar with Job as he's sitting in a pile of ashes covered with boils and has lost everything but you know what every one of those people did three special words yet I will that's obedience. God wants your praise. He wants your worship. And he wants you to stand firm.
0: Amen. Timmy, when she handed that off, said, my conscience is clear. <laughs> well, Lord, we just thank you for this word. Lord, for the people that was for, with that um, seed go deep in their hearts and what new praise arise lord we just thank you that you're worthy of our praise lord i just thank you so much for this congregation lord i thank you that in this in this world we look different and lord we say we make room for you to do more we make room for you to do more make us more like you jesus father as we go would you uh, bless us father would you bless us would your peace go with us Before us, behind us, around us, and within us. Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We bless your name. And all God's people say, amen. Have a beautiful week, everyone.